0: Premier Protein is perfectly positioned to take advantage of changing consumer behaviors because of COVID-19, or is it? In this video, I will cover the recently filed Bellring Brands, which is the owner of Premier Nutrition and a few other brands. Um, I will be covering their recent... Uh, fiscal year 2020, quarter two earnings. Um, I'll be using that as a backdrop to discuss um, what the holding company's kind of major consumer brands, um, how they will do within the face of the COVID-19 uh, retailing environment. Just as kind of a short summary, Bellring Brands is a holding company that owns um, several consumer brands that maybe you're aware of. First one being Premier Protein, that is the star of the holding company. You also have Diamantize Nutrition. You have Power Bar, which is kind of an old legacy name. Um, Supreme Nutrition, which you don't see too much of anymore. And then Joint Juice. Now let's just kind of start at top line revenue numbers here. Um, The net sales for the fiscal year 2020 quarter two was uh, $257.5 million. That was up 18.9% year over year. Um, actually also up 5.5% sequentially on a quarter over quarter basis. So very strong numbers for um, Bellring brands as a portfolio. Jumping into sales by brand, you actually had Premier Protein, which had net sales up 25.8%. They had volumes up 27.1%. Some of the reasonings why they were talking about volume increases was around pantry loading effect that talked about in numerous videos around COVID-19 and some of these consumer packaged goods brands that happened in the mid of March. You really saw everything kind of spike up to the point of sometimes triple digit year over year growth. You also had distribution gains that helped out Premier Protein. Um, And then there was some incremental uh, promotional activity that happened in the first half of this quarter that did help improve um, some of the volume increases on premier protein as well now Diamondize nutrition kind of the other big part much smaller than premier protein but a Considerable portion of Bellring brands, you had net sales that were down 2.4 percent. They did have a volume increase that was up 1.1 percent. So you have to assume that the issue is on the pricing side. Uh, they did note that there was strong e-commerce sales, um, but that was offset by some issues with international sales losses and specialty uh, channel sales losses. Now Powerbar has been a little bit of a mess lately uh, for Bellring brands, their net sales were down 19.7%. That volume was down 26.6%. There's actually a, a very big skew rationalization that's happening on the U S side. And there was also issues internationally, which is where most of the sales of power bar does. Now um, they were saying that also had some volume decreases. Now moving into like a sales by product perspective, um, protein RTDs, which is vast majority of it made up by Premier Protein, that is 82% of the sales for Bellring brands. That's actually up 7% year over year. Um, You had powders, that is 12% of the revenue, the total sales. That's down 3% um, from the fiscal year quarter of 2019, but it was slightly up on a year-to-year basis. You just had such an increase on the protein RTD side that their share of the pie of of total sales was lower. Uh, You had nutrition bars, um, which is only 5%. Um, A lot of that is attributed to power bars, loss of sales. It's down 3% year-over-year. And then kind of the other category, which is at 1%, and that's down 1% uh, year-over-year. Now, looking at product uh, innovations, new products that uh, has come out across Bellring brands, uh, ones that they've kind of noted. On the Premier Protein side, they have Cafe Latte flavor that they launched recently, and that's now become the second most popular flavor within their repertoire. They also launched a Protein with Oats product, uh, specifically for kind of the use cases around uh, breakfast, and they're seeing that that is off to a really good start and is actually performing the top 40% of similar products where it is sold. Though COVID-19 is creating some issues across innovation pipelines, product development pipelines, across all consumer packaged goods, you know, you have to look at the risk profile a little bit differently. You have to look at overall just what is happening around you and does it make sense. Uh, Bowering Brands is of saying we, we are continuing with some of our innovation cycles we are still looking at launching those throughout this because of the strong performance of our brands specifically premier protein they're looking at like liquid specific goals um with kind of incremental consumers incremental need states and then also incremental occasions so that's kind of where they're focusing their innovation pipeline if you want to look back at some of the ideas that I have talked about with uh, Premier Protein, Bellring Brands, and Innovation, um, there's a number of videos on my channel that does go into um, some of the as- predictions or assumptions that I've had around their product innovation pipeline. Now, jumping into some commentary around like sales channels with Bellring Brands, they did highlight a few things on the earnings call. Uh, specifically around some of the newer uh, channels that they're putting a ton of focus in right now. They've done extremely well in club, um, but they are trying to round out their sales channels right now. So they did see uh, 79% growth in the food channel. So grocery stores also had. growth in drugstores and drug channels. So both of those have gotten a ton of distribution gains, a ton of new accounts are stocking Premier Protein drinks, and that's why those numbers have increased extremely strong. And just to give us a peek into next quarter, Darcy Horn Davenport, uh, the CEO of Bell Ring Brands, did uh, kind of give us a little bit of what's happening on those channels uh, in April. So you had uh, the food channel, grocery stores up 31% year over year. You also had the drugstore channel up 18% year over year. Now, I want to talk about the advertising that uh, Bell Ring Brands has done. Uh, I don't tend to talk about these uh, types of things on videos but when there is something that is important to highlight because they're taking a big risk or i'm seeing something in the market that's really working well i want to make sure i highlight those things so Ring Brands actually had their first national tv campaign that launched in january and that was to reach the new year's resolutionist type of consumers they were really kind of focusing in on that on a national tv campaign and they're really kind of happy with the results on that. They're saying that there was over a billion uh, impressions, which can mean something, can not mean something. Um, But going down, they said they did experience um, increases of awareness, um, dollar share, website traffic. um, But most importantly, they also have seen a household penetration number go up on the premier protein drinks from 5.3% to 6.6%. So they're talking about this is a big win and and they want to continue to do this. They obviously have to change a little bit of the messaging and things around this because we're past New Year's resolutionists, but they want to continue with the uh, TV ad campaigns going forward. But right now, because a lot of the attention is on digital and on social and and be it the stay at home orders of uh, COVID-19, a lot of people are consuming a ton of content. They are shifting a lot of their advertising budget to digital right now and specifically towards um, social media right now. And they're saying that is uh, providing them a huge amount of benefit to their e-commerce sales, which I'll talk about a little bit later in this video. But if you consider like that the products that bell ring brand sells and specifically if we're talking just like premier protein you have convenient nutrition products which are sometimes also called on the go nutrition and there's not much on the going that is happening especially in the quarter in which we are talking about the earnings report so how is this category going to do overall you did have Bowering Brand's uh, leadership team talking about the Nielsen report around category growth still happening in the quarter of about 6.5%. And then within like the liquid subcategory of convenient nutrition, they are seeing 11% year over year gain. So they're still saying this is a very strong category, regardless of some of the issues that you're having with COVID-19 and stay at home and people not really doing things on the go. They kind of further you know, reiterated that um, just like most of the consumer packaged goods categories, food and beverage categories, you saw a huge spike um, with kind of the pantry loading that happened in March. Then you're having a little bit of a kind of like a deloading or reduction of just purchasing that's happened in uh, part of April, but that is still uh, above people who have purchased pre- COVID-19. So though they're not at that astronomic growth level that we saw in the uh, peak of the stock up, um, it is still settling above the average um, from the trailing 12 months before COVID-19 happened. And also mentioned around, you know, if if analysts or things that are are kind of trying to peek into um, Nielsen reports and and trying to see that maybe there's some um, sales losses or pool that's being a little bit lower in April and maybe into May as well, they're saying Remember, premium Protein is still 50% in the track channels that you could see on Nielsen and then 50% non-track channels. So though there might be um, some channel shifting that's going on, they're still seeing consumption that's staying pretty consistent. And through some of the research that they've been able to do and also from other firms, they are saying that like 64% of convenient nutrition products, specifically RTD uh, protein drinks, are actually consumed at home. And then there's another 14 percent that's consumed at work and school so if you think about how home is now work and home is also now school uh, that provides them somewhere around 80% of use cases that are still applied. So the other 20% is mostly from like commuting, traveling, and around like your fitness uh, moments at the gym or or something like that. So they still feel very confident that they're positioned extremely well for this uh, environment, regardless of if the restricted living situation does extend into the back half of their fiscal year. Now making some note around Digital sales and e commerce, and how they are shifting some of their advertising budget to digital and and being a lot more active there. They did see e commerce grow 150% year over year um, in the quarter, and they actually have seen that accelerate into April at 200% year over year. So, this is now becoming a very strong piece of their business. Um, They noted that it's about 10% of the total sales now comes from digital sales. They do not see this as going away, they see this extending, they see this growing. they're going to continue to focus a lot of their attention on the e-commerce channel, the digital shelf. And I want to kind of briefly shift into some of the risks, uh, potential risks that uh, COVID-19 is uh, kind of having on a bell ring brands and specifically uh, premier protein. You have some input costs and production uh, risk. Uh, Milk as a whole, the commodity is, is actually the prices went down and I think that the actual dried protein element uh, should also go down, but right now it's not really happening. And I think that's because just demand of the product is still very high globally. Um, so you're not really seeing, it's actually decoupling. It's not going in that direction. Um, bellring Brands is saying, we're anticipating this to continue to stay high, but they're saying into next year, they believe this should start to come down a little bit, but that's a big kind of risk for Bellring brands and specifically uh, Premier Protein because of needing those protein inputs uh, for their product. They're saying overall the supply chain though is is strong. They're not having issues finding any inputs. They're not having any issues with some of like the Tetra Pak uh, shortages that maybe you've heard in the market. Um, That is not happening with uh, Premier Protein. They're not having any issues with line times or anything with their manufacturers. They do have an issue with that they are overexposed with one specific contract manufacturer and one specific um, facility within that contract manufacturer. So if you know something happened uh, from a COVID nineteen perspective, like a health. Uh, perspective and they had to close down that facility for a period of time or for whatever reason, you know, that comes offline, uh, Premier Protein would be in a, probably a, a pretty bad issue uh, for a little bit of time, depending on how long that lasts. So that is something to kind of pay attention to uh, because they are very overexposed in one area with their manufacturing. There was a question, um, something that I've constantly am kind of pondering with some other categories within consumer packaged goods. There was an analyst on the call that asked a question around private label and and if there was any concern that private label is going to take market share, there has been some increases of total share of private label within um, convenient nutrition products. Um, so kind of ask that question to see how leadership at Ring Brands was looking at private label. Um, it is traditionally like lower than a lot of other categories of private label. Um, you have it somewhere around like seven or 8% of convenient nutrition is private label. And I think on the liquid side, maybe that's eight or 9%. So it's very small, especially when you consider some other kind of consumer packaged goods categories. But with the recession that's already in taking shape and, and it's definitely gonna last a bit of time, you start to have behavioral patterns that shift into trading down within some of the consumer packaged goods categories. Um, and if there is more retailers that are offering, say, a private label, ready to drink, a protein, you might have some consumers that would look to trade down, maybe spend a dollar or two less a package um, for that. But Belling brands overall, they're saying Premier Protein that the brand is very strong. They have a 50% um, retention rate, reorder rate on the, on the product. They think that that will combat any issues with um, increasing amount of private label or any of kind of the market conditions, economic market conditions. They're saying if you look at you know, Costco, Costco has private label products and they've extended a lot of their gains in Costco since they've had that private label product. So they think they're going to be able to combat um, if any other of the retailers uh, that they're strong in does start to come out with private label. Uh, they are noting um, some of the flavor things as well, because most private labels are like chocolate and vanilla and Premier protein has a ton of different flavors that would attract a number of different consumers. And just to kind of round out this video, I want to talk about the balance sheet strength of Bellring Brands, been kind of a trend with some of these videos around COVID-19. It's important because uh, these businesses do need to sustain uh, a uncertain time right now that has a lot of risks. Uh, A lot of them are pulling their guidance because there's so much uncertainty in the market right now. So just taking a look at Bellring Brands and their balance sheet, the majority of Bellring Brands is owned by post holdings. I think 71% of the shares are owned by post holdings, which does kind of provide them with some new options, different options that would be uh, available to them that are a little bit different than maybe other uh, businesses, uh, other competitors. So just kind of note that, but that's kind of last case scenarios. You don't really have to worry about that too much, but just looking at Bellring brands uh, as a, like a singular entity, their own entity, they did go out and just kind of borrow another $65 million on a revolving credit line that they had, a $200 million revolving credit line. And on that, as of uh, the end of quarter one, the revolver had about $80 million still left on it for them to tap if they needed that for any reasons. And then as of April 30th, so looking a little bit further past the end of the quarter, um, they did have a total cash and cash equivalents of about $100 million. And it's important to note like when some of these high-growing companies are kind of tapping some of their revolving credit, it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's for working capital purposes. They are needing to maybe, in this specific reason, maybe they're looking to get more inventory. Um, They need more inventory in their uh, warehouses. They need to have more inventory at some of their partners. Their partners obviously have terms as well well. So you have this cash cycle that's a little bit extended because of the growth and you need to make sure that you are in a proper position. And then from like a debt load perspective, they don't really have anything on their books. that's like significant. That's happening in the next couple of years. I think their biggest one, which happened around them spinning their, their business off from post holdings that is not due until late into 2024. Hopefully you guys got some value out of this video. bellring brands and premier protein are definitely looking at having a billion, a little over a billion dollars in sales this year, um, something that I've really looked at as a important kind of milestone for them, even if it really has no meaning to it. It's just kind of one of those things to be in an echelon of businesses within functional CPG that not a lot of businesses hit. If you guys have any questions about Bell Ring Brands, Premier Protein, or any of their other brands, please leave a comment below on this video or on any of my social media, which I have all the links down below.